Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back. It is May 4th, 2021. May the 4th be with you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm here. I'm going to tell a story about a creative project and how that's related to my last year and what's going on these days. So stay tuned and thanks for joining. Hi, I'm Kira Burgess, and you're listening to the Soul Insight Podcast, where we'll explore diverse perspectives of living on purpose and in alignment. In alignment with your heart, your soul, your truth, your values, and your connection to something greater. Basically, we're going to talk about how to live a fulfilling life. so welcome back i hope you're doing well we are pretty much halfway through taurus sun season taurus is a fixed earth sign in astrology so really grounding um and it makes sense that this is in the season of spring this is when we start to plant our seeds into the earth this is when the leaves start to bud and sprouts start to come up from the ground. And I'm up in Alberta, so spring is a little slower than some people I see online on Instagram enjoying, uh, you know, some people closer to the equator have uh, summer all year. And we have not summer all year. We have winter like half the year. <laughs> But anyways, ex experiencing all four seasons is a gift of living where I live. So, on the theme of planting seeds and of Taurus season, I want to tell you guys a story about a garden that I made last year. And I know I was going to... Um, do part two of the year of global pandemic I'm just not even ready to talk about it because <laughs> the other things I made a list to talk about um, yeah honestly I think it was just some really hard things and maybe I'll talk about them soon but um, I really wanted to get this podcast out there so um, so Fast forward to this morning, my dad says to me, the robins are back. So, the robins are back in Edmonton area. And to me, robins, yeah, they represent spring. They represent nature. They also represent my grandma. So, maybe you guys have this too, where certain animals or birds or insects or even weather patterns or phases of the sun or moon connect you to someone you love. So my dad's mother passed away, I think it was 2017. Um, I mean, there's so much I could say, but I'll try to keep it related to this story. So my dad's parents, when they retired, they found a piece of land northeast of the Edmonton area, about an hour and a half drive away, 
they got a quarter section, so a quarter mile by a quarter mile of land, and it's maybe 25% field, and the rest is forest. And so there's trails through the forest that my grandpa and my dad and my uncles helped make that you can walk through in the summer. We, my dad sets ski trails in the winter, cross-country ski trails. Um, but I think, I don't know for sure, but I think it was really like my grandma's vision. Both my grandparents grew up more in the country, in Saskatchewan, the province to the east of us. And I think it was really her vision to have this like piece of land to be able to have family out to that's more private. So it's not on a lake. There's no lake. Last year, there was sort of ponds nearby and there was lots of water. This year, it's very dry. But yeah, no, no body of water, which means way less people. And it's just kind of um, in a bit of a valley and private, which is really nice. Um, not private from wildlife. There's bears, there's deer, there's uh, porcupines, rabbits, you know, wildlife, moose, uh, and the odd cougar, maybe lynx. Anyhow, so I'm trying to think when that happened. My grandparents probably acquired the land 30, maybe 32 years ago, maybe 35 years ago. So it was their land. And then as my grandparents aged, they had to decide, would, would they pass it on to their children? Or uh, they have seven kids, so that's a little bit complicated. In the end, um, my parents are the ones who bought it from them. So my parents have had this land now. I'm not sure how many years. Um, but it's primarily my family who goes out there now. And there was a huge garden at the bottom of the hill so the bottom of the hill is near the road and you drive up the the driveway and the cabin is on the edge of a hillside and they before they built the cabin they had a spot at the bottom of the hill for their trailer and so they had a huge garden down there so this huge rectangular garden and over the years my grandpa decided yeah we don't need it to be this big because this is a ton of work and way more food than we actually need um, and then once, once the cabin was up, was built and we were using it, uh, it took many years to move the garden up closer to the cabin, uh, where it actually gets more sun exposure, and it's just more accessible. So there's been this square garden, kind of at the edge of the field, not too far from our cabin, and. I was never really involved in the vegetable garden. It was my grandpa's job. I think my grandma was involved too when she was well. Um, and my dad, my parents, my aunts and uncles would help. And I kind of, as I got older, I got more interested in like reclaiming the flower gardens that my grandma had created. Oh, I see a bumblebee. That's so interesting. I just looked out my window and there's this huge bumblebee. <laughs> Um, I'm going to take that as a sign. <laughs> and yesterday I saw a heron. I saw two heron. Speaking of nature and signs and ancestors. So, where was I? Um, 
So I was never really involved in the vegetable garden at all. Not much. Maybe a little bit of weeding here and there. Um, I My grandma had another flower garden. She called the secret garden. And so she, my grandma got sick. She had uh, encephalitis many years ago. So she was alive, but she wasn't quite herself for like 12 to 15 years. Um, so in that time... I did, I, that's when I started to spend more time out there and like, let's reclaim what my grandma was doing that she can't do anymore and let's plant more flowers and let's keep this nice. And, um, so that was, those were kind of the jobs that I took on. And then last year, um, last April, we went into lockdown and I also moved in with my parents. So they were my immediate bubble. They're the only people I could you know, see, be close with, and they have the cabin, and it's spring, so we spent almost every weekend out there all summer, all spring and summer, which was amazing. I got really good at packing my bag for the weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, and early on, it was spring, I was feeling inspired, and I was looking at their garden in the backyard, and I was wondering why they stopped planting vegetables, at home and they said because now the trees are so big they don't get enough sun and also they get enough vegetables out at the cabin so it's also we also call it the farm even though it's not I mean I don't know if everyone would call it a farm but we call it the farm probably because it's not the lake um and I was asking my parents one I think one night at dinner like why why don't you use your backyard garden anymore? And then I just felt inspired and I thought it would be so nice. Like I just had this vision in my mind if it was like a round garden, if there was something in the middle, like a bird bath or a bench, and then it kind of was circular and radiated out uh, with like spokes of a wheel of little paths and the bigger circle around the outside. I just had this whole vision. And their backyard, like the garden space is not huge, so that wouldn't have been like... It would have been a big endeavor to move the, the the logs and the blocks that are laid out right now the way the garden is. Anyways, the conversation didn't go further. It didn't continue, really. And then we went out to the cabin the next weekend. And, uh, I mean, it was early spring. It wasn't, wasn't warm enough to plant a garden. But my dad was out there cleaning up the garden. And I went to to call him for lunch and I get out there and he's um using a shovel and digging the square-ish or rectangular-ish garden digging the edges to make it into a circle <laughs> and I was like oh okay okay so <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're gonna have a, a circular garden all right and it's like it's happening right now so it's so it was spring. I'm I'm guessing it was late April. Around this time last year, maybe early May. Almost exactly a year ago. Um so he carried on with that and then I started okay, so I'm gonna take a pause and explain. Fast forward to today. I joined a meditation group. So weekday mornings we meditate. Uh someone guides the meditation. 
Jessica or JC Kong Dreyfus and of um, Make Conscious. So if you're interested, you can look her up. It's makeconscious.com. She's also on Instagram. So she leads a, a guided meditation Monday to Friday mornings, 8 to 9 Mountain Time, 8 a.m. So today she's talking about, I mean, the, the practices are cumulative, so we've kind of, you can join at any time, but we've kind of been talking about this concept of the genius, the genius being this spirit or energy and there's different kinds of genius, like genius loci of the location, or genius of your ancestors, or genius of your spirit guides, or it could be coming from past lives, or anything, you know, like the fairy realm, or who knows. Um, so she's been leading this theme called Phenomenal Mind, and today we were exploring... She told us to pick one project, something we've created, something we've worked on, could be old or recent, and then we kind of dove in and explored, like, where did the initial seed for that creative project come from? And then you kind of start, and you can, if you want, listener, you can kind of bring to mind some project, something you've created, and kind of think about this as I explain the process. So she had us bring to mind one creative project. What came to mind for me was this um, residential renovation I did of a 100-year-old house in Edmonton. We did we renovated part of the the second floor, so we changed two bedrooms into one large bedroom. We added hallway closets. We added um, not exactly a walk-in closet, but a a big space of of like nice high-end cabinetry closet in the bedroom and a, an ensuite which they didn't have with a custom shower and we kept it all looking um like that same old hundred year old aesthetic which was super fun anyways that's what I thought I was going to focus on but the more I tuned into the meditation the more this garden project started coming to me so she said think of or, or pick a creative project and then start to ask yourself or consider or tune into like where did the original spark or seed of that idea come from just explore that in your mind or like ask the question and and see if it is shown or revealed to you And maybe even ask, like, what was the influence beyond myself? Like, was it my earlier life? Was it my studies? Was it, was it my ancestors? Was it a, an unfinished project or a project that they're still behind the scenes wanting to help create and manifest through us? Um, or could it be... So what came to me was, uh, no, Kira, actually, you're going to think about the garden that you created. And I thought, oh, yes, that makes sense. Um, and it's interesting that we're in Taurus season. So this earthy season, the season of like planting the seeds. And it's almost exactly a year from when this project began. So, so I thought, okay, I'll focus on the garden. Um, the other things you can look to to see like what might have, uh, what seeds might have been planted or what spark 
what sparks might have initiated this creative project it could be also like the the energy the spirit or the genius of the actual location the land or it could be like what are the unseen forces existing there so elemental forces the elements nature maybe even the the genius or the inspiration of um, other beings creatures you know the animals the birds the ravens the insects um even like fairy creatures or what else um maybe like the the history of the land you know the stories that are told so actually our land used to be part of an old trail people used to cut across the corner of it um so if you think in that way the lingering energy of people all the people that would have been traveling um southwest like towards edmonton by foot and by wagon coming from the northeast would have like walked along the corner of our field which is super interesting there's also an old log cabin uh it's getting ready to fall down it's so old um but yeah it could it could also be you know the the intentions of the previous land keepers um could be the energy of the ley lines which is kind of like uh energetic lines that run across the earth sort of like the chakra system if you know chakras or chakras um yeah who knows so um but looking back it all makes more sense than it does when you're looking forward and that's why you need to just trust so do i have the answer to that question where did the creative spark initiate i don't think i do but i by spending time thinking about it i i have more ideas so um one of them is perhaps it's like carrying out an intention that my grandmother had that she never got to complete or maybe she didn't even have it while she was alive but she's still in essence and sort of moving through me because you guys know that idea that like if someone can perceive a ghost or a spirit then they kind of get louder because they're like oh she can hear us she can hear us like talk to that person <laughs> so you know maybe and if you've ever read elizabeth gilbert's book what's it called big magic she kind of talks about how creative ideas it's almost as if and i haven't read that book in quite a while but this is what's coming at as like what i remember from her ideas like it's almost as if there's this creative idea kind of floating or flying around uh, i see it as like a blend of like a cloud and a flying creature looking for someone who can perceive it and pick it up and devote themselves to it and if you don't stop to like engage with this creative idea it might just go off and not wait for you but go off and seek like the next perceptive person ready to bring forth this creative idea and in addition to her book big magic um she also did a ted talk uh it's quite a few years back now i think it probably wasn't too long after her book eat pray love came out so maybe a year or two after and she speaks about the creative process i don't know the exact name of it um but i can link it in the show notes um but she speaks about similar things there she speaks about how genius 
it's not something we possess. It's it's like um, a spirit that's coming along with us. And if we can uh, now, I'm I'm not even paraphrasing. I'm just taking from what I learned from her and putting it into my own words. Like maybe she didn't even say exactly this, but if we can show up and collaborate with that creative spirit, that genius, then we can bring these creations to life and. In that sense, it's humbling because it's when we succeed, it's not just us. And when we fail, it's not just us. And yeah, I mean, more and more every day of my life, I can see this is a way to live in the world, to perceive the world, to interact with the world, to collaborate, you know, even if you start as simple as like, um, like asking myself is this simple but like starting with starting with the phases of the sun and see how you your body your mind your energy collaborates with um the cycle of the sun so circadian rhythm and like you're not acting alone everything is connected and so as the sun comes up over the eastern horizon your body your mind typically start to awaken and in the heat of the day the brightest part of the day when the sun is at the highest point in the sky that's when you're most active and as the sun sets that's when you also um desire and need to rest like when the sky is dark when the sun is gone below the western horizon that's your cue, your body's cue, like actually, chemically, physically, also mentally, emotionally, energetically, that's your, your cue to also rest and go into the darkness and recuperate. So, hmm, I'm just taking a breath. <laughs> so, yeah, so what I'm saying is there are all these different forces or essences or spirits that we can and we are I believe collaborating with and the more we can be aware the more we can purify our perception or uh, our discernment like hone our discernment to what is what we're perceiving what's coming to us what wants to work through us what is us and what's outside of us um That will, just the more we can hone that perception, that discernment, the more we will understand these, the spark, the, like, the ignition, the catalyst, the, the, the seeds that are planted and the interactions. Um, yeah, like, s similar to how, similar to how a, a baby is created by the interaction of a mother and father. Our creations, anything we create is created in collaboration with something that inspired us, that fueled us, that sparked something in us. And so I'll tie this back to astrology a little bit. So my, my north node of the moon, my true node, so everyone in your natal chart, you'll be able to find and if you can't find it, I could help you find it. Or you can get uh, someone to read your chart, including me or someone else. Um, so this north node, where you find that in your natal chart, it, it describes in simple form where your soul is going 
towards for fulfillment in this life. Um, and mine is in Taurus. And it's also in the fifth house. So Taurus is that, it's that earthy sign. It, the fifth house is the house of creativity, creation, motherhood, procreation. Um, yeah, so that came to me this morning in my meditation. And then I thought, oh, I should check where my grandma's north node is. And I don't know her time of birth, but I can still find out where most everything is, uh, except her ascendant and maybe her moon, um, because I don't know the time of her birth. Um, but turns out her north, north node was also in Taurus. So that's just so intriguing because Taurus season is like garden planting season. And she did. She loved, she loved to garden. So, okay, now where do we go from here? <laughs> this story is all over the place. So yeah, remember when I said at the very beginning, this morning I went and upstairs and my dad said, the robins are back. So a couple years back, I went, okay, so I think I mentioned there was this secret garden, she called it. It's not super secret, but it's like a little flower garden surrounded by trees this beautiful circular garden that has flowers planted around the outside edge with a bench in it and I put a couple more rocks in it that you can sit on um and I went there to sit and meditate and then all these robins came there was like I think six six robins and they came very close to me flitting and flying around and chirping and I think we were about to go home this might have even been last year. I'll have to check my journals. <laughs> but it just, like, just this big feeling came over me. It was my grandma. It was my grandma. Oh, yes. And I also saw them, like, another time. Yeah, I kept, like, walking along this path at the cabin. And this robin was, like, leading me. Like, follow me, follow me. And I followed it down this path in a really, like, in a way that's not normal. You know, usually wild birds aren't interacting with you in that way. But, so ever since then, I thought, oh, okay, now I see. Robins are, like, a living representation of my grandma, my dad's mom. Um, and so it's just, to me, hilarious. Hilarious is what I say when I describe, like... Oh, it's like surprising and yet not surprising. Like, oh, haha, ha, spirit, that's so funny. Like, what a coincidence, but not a coincidence, you know, that today is the day that my dad is like, the robins are back. And then I do my meditation. And then what comes up, even though I had another idea in my mind, was the garden, which is, yeah, now that I see it's like basically dedicated to my dad's mom. Um is a whole other part of the story um boy I just I feel like I was talking so fast so I'm just trying to let my brain catch up to me <laughs> and see where to go next in the story yeah and so then I did this whole meditation and then after the meditation I look out the window and there's a robin sitting on the fence and I was like yep <laughs> there it is there it is hi granny <laughs> so 
So let's just take a couple deep breaths all the way in and out. Two more. Breathe with me all the way in, all the way out. One more. Really feel whatever you're seated on or standing on holding you. All right. <laughs> I needed that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to explore out loud <laughs> to you guys. Like, so where did that creative idea come from for me? I mean, maybe it's because I'm a female. Um, maybe it's because I'm tired of squares and rectangles. But there was something in me that wanted... Uh, a round garden. It's just interesting and it just feels good. It feels harmonious, right? Um, but if I look back into my past, not too far back, but like into, well, here, here's what's coming up first is like, I started learning yoga, uh, let's say 2010, 2011. And when you're gathered in a yoga class or a training or a retreat, it's it's very common, and this is like an in, an ancient indigenous practice. It's very common to gather and sit in a circle, a circle, and circle represents everything and nothing, the allness and the nothingness, and the emptiness, which is no thing, which is everything, and that's been you know like percolating into my awareness into who and how I am, even beyond words, right? So it's it feels more like a remembering, like an ancient, you know, and then that's where it brings in, like, is this like a DNA remembering of times before? You know, it's, it's not really that long, a, a few hundred years, where we've been living so disconnected from nature and the elements and <clears throat> ritual and spirituality. Um... So yeah, there's like this circle idea coming in from from yoga and then evolve yoga into the women's circles that I've participated in and am participating in for the last couple of years, two or two or three years, two and a half years maybe. Um, so not only do we gather and sit in a circle, around a circle, I mean, humans have been doing that for thousands of years, who knows, maybe more than thousands of years, sitting around a fire, you know, and storytelling and learning. And this is how we pass down our teachings, the oral tradition, you know, so there's just so much profundity to the circle. Um... And then also I, I had this, um, my car is so old that it has a cassette deck. <laughs> I mean, it's like a posh cassette deck, but, um, it's a cassette or a cassette player. And I have one, well, I have a few like tapes of music, like old school stuff from my parents, but I have this one set of tapes that's an audiobook, which is an indigenous story of a, a man, a young man, who, who grows with his mentor, who's an indigenous woman from, oh no, I can't remember, maybe Montana or Wyoming, 
and then she in the in the very end she moves to Vancouver Island um but anyways that that whole book like all of his his mentor or his elders teachings are based off of the circle which uh the medicine wheel is also based off of so i've listened to that audiobook so many times like every road trip every time i was like driving to go teach yoga or whatever i've learned so much i feel like she's my teacher i feel like she's and i mean like that's also probably her destiny was like to to mentor this man who would eventually write a story about it so that other people could learn indirectly through through the teachings so her teachings became his teachings which have become now me as a listener my teachings and now i'm passing a little bit a hint of it onto you um i'll put the the name of the book i'm just writing a note i'll put the name of the book in the show notes um some i think it was called lightning bolt but i'll put i'll link it in the show notes so uh that's a couple of places where the circle started to inspire me and i started to gain a a reverence and a respect for the circle excuse me also in starting to learn astrology the the wheel the chart of astrology is a circle so are chakras Chakra means wheel, I believe, in Sanskrit. Anyways, so the the astrological wheel of the 12 signs is 12 segments, or we could call them houses, the 12 sun signs, um, which ends up being six, so 12 divided by two, six oppositions, or six, six polarities. So for example, Aries is opposite Libra, Gemini is opposite Sagittarius, Taurus is opposite Scorpio. So um, in studying astrology, I've also started to gain this love and respect of the circle. Um, And I'm not, I don't actually remember if I was researching gardens before this, but I don't think I was. But um, in in lots of the rituals I've done and in the women's circle I'm part of, the 13 moons women's circle, we open the directions. So we honor the directions. And the medicine wheel is, uh, maybe you don't know anything about it. <laughs> and I don't know a ton about the medicine wheel, like from a logistical point of view, but the medicine wheel is a circle. Um, from what I know, it's a, an American, a Native American symbol. And it's like a, a tool or a template, a map to understand how we relate to ourselves, to nature, to each other, to the universe. So, and that's like a really broad thing. And that's my interpretation. Um, there might be things I'm missing. I'll see if I can put any um, notes in the show notes for you on the medicine wheel. Um medicine wheel okay and so it's broken into four quadrants of four colors and each quadrant represents one of the four directions and then in addition to the four directions east west north and south which all have their own spirit allies animal medicine um so much more um there's also the sky father son the sky 
also where the moon exists, Grandmother Moon. And then there's Mother Earth down below us. And then in the center, um, this is my personal interpretation, but at the center, so we've got east, west, north, south, above, below, and then at the center. To me, it's it's everything within and everything without. It's the universe. It's the portal of your heart through which you explore and experience the entire cosmos, your entire self, the entire world. So every little thing I <laughs> introduce you to, I have to go on a little educational blip on. So I hope that's helpful for you. Um, but that's a little bit of what I know and have experienced of the medicine wheel is like honoring the directions because if we have no map, no frame, I'm also learning this from GSE, Jessica, in the Make Conscious Meditations. If we have no context, no frame, um, there's almost nothing to work with. You know, imagine, imagine instead of a quarter section of land, you have, I don't know, a hundred thousand square miles. And, and you say, hey, I'm going to hire you to build me a house. And you don't give any direction at all you know like we need some direction we need some I mean we can also question what I'm saying because there's always exceptions but like creating some kind of boundary some kind of limitations or structure a frame you know like uh, an easy way to do a painting is to first like create the canvas or the paper size that you're going to be working on or the board you're going to be painting on so that's another part. So it's like a frame or a template, uh, a map. Mm -hmm. So yes, so coming from this inspiration of the respect I have for the circle in different ways, lots of them from this ancient remembering, the reverence I have for the ancient indigenous like globally indigenous reverence for the circle and that can be through through rituals and through astrology and so much more you know and just like the course you know like our earth like the earth we live on rotates <laughs> we see the sun and the stars circle around us we're actually rotating but we see them we witness them circling around us in these round cycles you know these moving curves all right <laughs> so that's that's part that's part of this seed in my recent history you know that's not even that's not even my youth or my childhood that's like my recent history of of the seed of the circle of this like where did this creative spark come from you know I also believe that I have many past lives where I think that's part of why I have this reverence for the circle because I've been connected to these ancient teachings for many lifetimes. I mean, I want to say who hasn't, but uh, that's because that's how like that's how deep it is in me. Like, of course, of course, I'm remembering this stuff. Um, so that's another seed. Um, another seed is my ancestors. So maternal and paternal on my mother's side my father's side but it's interesting because this land you know I th I'm like I don't know for sure who picked it out but I feel like my grandma had a big influence in picking a certain piece of land and 
she had some say in like what was created and where and how and why she had a vision and actually the words that are coming to me right now are the cycle of life the circle of life and that's something I saw last year so <coughs> yeah the story the story kind of goes here and there here and there but um so last year m my dad started cutting that garden into a circle and then I went inside and I started researching medicine wheel gardens and I found inspiration images so those images were also sparks those were also seeds in like being planted into my conscious awareness of okay yes that's a yes I want to create that a little less of this a little more of that so I, I researched the medicine wheel and there were lots of variations of meaning or like spirit allies or energies for each of the four directions and hmm and and then I researched yeah the medicine wheel gardens and then from there I like got out my pencil my pencil crayons I started sketching I drew the circle I made the four quadrants by putting a cross through it and instead of uh, instead of planning the lines that create the quadrants to go north south and east west I actually rotated them 45 degrees so that the paths so these lines these quadrants would end up being like the stepping stone paths through the garden um, so that the those lines would create the quarter section that was the north section the east the south and the west if that makes sense so the lines go from um northeast to southwest and from northwest to southeast instead of north to south and east to west so <laughs> we've got four quarter circles and the quarter circles point to the four directions and we actually used so I really had this vision, this feeling for like a, an established center point, which now I'm seeing it's like, yeah, that <laughs> it's just so funny because because what it creates is like the the starting point, the place to anchor into, the place to ground from, and like kind of like that thing on a map that says you are here without that central focal point. Um what's the use of a map there's some use but it's not as effective it's not as clear so we use some road crash we actually we did this really beautiful thing which was my dad's idea so we hammered in some sticks we made about a four foot across circle hammered in some sticks and then he gathered willow branches from there's like a sort of swampy area at the bottom of the hill and we wove them back and forth around these sticks in this four foot wide circle and made this little micro fence, willow fence, and then we used road crash and filled filled that circle maybe four four or five inches deep with road crash so that there was somewhere in the garden that wasn't just dirt. Somewhere you could rest your feet that wasn't mud potentially or dust. Um, and then in the center of that we used a stump, a tree stump that was cut and it's like a stool, a seat, a place to sit and meditate or you could stand up on it and get a view so that ended up being the center of the garden 
And then we used a, a compass and some string and we marked out the, well, so, and then we marked out the directions and we did that in the, in the way I said, like creating the four quadrants. <coughs> and then with the intention from my research, we chose that the east would be the entry point, kind of like how the sun uh, um, rises in the east, begins in the east. The east is the beginning. It's the entry point. So later in the summer, we actually created a gate in the east. Yes. So, yeah, so I started um, those sketches. I started planning right away. I made a list of all the things we'd want to plant in our garden, vegetables. So the things I know that thrive out there are carrots, onions. We have our potatoes somewhere else because potatoes don't need to be protected from the deer and the rabbits and the... Uh, what do we have? A, a ground squirrel? Is that what it's called? Bigger than a groundhog? Um, we do have some things that like to eat the carrots. <laughs> um, so we have our potatoes elsewhere. Um, and then, and we usually have some sunflowers in there. We have some herbs in there. And I added in more flowers because to me, flowers are beautiful. And, um, and because the garden, see, like, here's the lesson. When you, when you start, when you sit down and plan something, which, I mean, that's who I am. I'm a trained designer. Because, and I studied design because I already kind of had this in me. But when you plan something, you come up with an efficient use of space. And there, I mean, there can be some learning in that. Like, I'm not a gardener. I did have the advice and the expertise of my parents who've, who've been part of making vegetable gardens for many years um so that was helpful but it's almost like the garden didn't get any bigger but it got more efficient in some ways so based on which parts got more sunlight or this or that or like where we want or like what kind of plants are allies to each other to grow together so I planned all of that out and there were a couple perennials that we left as they were of course um so yeah oh yes okay so planned all that out eventually when it was the right time maybe a couple weeks later we planted the seeds and over time we watered the garden and sprouts started coming up and we made the rows um trying to think of the word like rounded so they're like mm, <laughs> I know there's a simple technical term for this but instead of straight line rows they were rounded like radiating circles getting bigger and bigger as they got wider out to the edge of the garden so that ended up by the time the garden had grown it was really beautiful to see these rounded rows of plants growing um but here's what I wanted to say the other spark that I didn't even fully know was was or seed that was initiating this project was absolutely my dad's mom we, we were out there and we kind of, we found in the bottom back of one of the cupboards, one of the old guest books. And in this old guest book, my mom was looking through it and it was about 20 years ago. My mom found this, my grandma had done up a drawing of a round garden with like the two, like the cross through it. So the quadrants and she had made all these notes of what she was going to plant where. And there was a central focal point. I think it was for her, it was a bird bath. 
Um, but when you, when you look at my drawing and her drawing side by side, it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, this, this seed was planted many years ago, many years ago. And she never created that. She never created that garden. I think I was kind of wondering if that was her plan for the secret garden. But instead, they, like what I kind of witnessed and experienced, I don't, I don't know what her plans were, but they ended up putting sod, like laid down grass in the secret garden and it became a place to sit and like have lemonade or iced tea and have a little snack or a picnic. And um, maybe she thought, that was like once once they cleared the space maybe she thought oh this is so much nicer like to gather with my family in this garden instead of planted full of things so I don't know for sure but that's kind of what I thought based on the, the scale of of the garden she had drawn so the scale of mine was bigger because it was to fill the vegetable garden but just like just uncanny <laughs> the design because I don't ever recall hearing about that or reading about that and then my mom like pulls it out and it looks just like these, like the, the weekend that I started drawing while we were out there. I think that might've been when she found it. And yeah, so that was another seed of that creation. And I'm really grateful that I was tuned into it. And like, yeah, was I tuned into her, to her voice, to her energy, to her inspiration? Or was it almost like passed down in my DNA? Like, what if we have these, what if our ancestry, our lineage has these destinies, these desires to fulfill these patterns, to manifest, like in collaboration, for example, with the earth, with matter. And, and like, for example, if, if one person doesn't do it or finish it, the next person does. And it's almost like, yeah, like to just trust everything is perfect and what if I wasn't even meant, you know, like, what if I was meant to find that drawing at the perfect time just to see how perfect it was? Like, she was starting to, um, what's the word, portray or, like, get out onto paper what was in her DNA. And then I was able to take it a step further without even seeing her map, her diagram. I was able to take it the next step further and kind of hilarious because <laughs> it took it took a global pandemic lockdown to get me to be interested the other hilarious thing is so my dad starts cutting the garden into a circle and I was at first kind of surprised like holy shit like <laughs> I didn't know you're gonna make the farm garden a circle like this is a huge project and then I was just like well let's just do it let's jump right in and um, instead of, you know, sometimes I have a, a pattern of, of like resisting my dad, but instead, no, I, I was like, yeah, this is amazing. Let's do it. Um, and the hilarious thing is, so I was the most invested in that vegetable garden I've ever been. My dad is usually like in charge and taking care. It was the most, I was like fully invested in that. We were going out every week. And I think by the time we had the seeds planted, my dad broke his foot or his leg down by his ankle while we were at the cabin because he slipped on the hill because it was so wet and rainy. And I just think it's almost like somehow he knew, you know, something was telling him like, 
go cut that garden into a circle so that Kira is interested and invested in being out here because you won't be able to be. Although, we kept going to the farm. I think we maybe took one or two weeks off after he broke his leg. Maybe only one, because he loves it out there. And he had an air cast. Um, and he still, he still did lots of stuff with a broken leg. <laughs> but, uh, no, we didn't ask him to. He wanted to. Um, but yeah, so that was like another conspiring seed and almost like he was tuned into something like, you know, in one sense, I'm asking like, was he almost like a zombie, like overtaken by this, like, you must cut the garden into a circle, <laughs> you know, like it could have been just as easy for him to say, why, why wouldn't we just leave it the way it is? And, you know. Anyways, what happened happened, and it was beautiful, and, you know, so my niece and nephew came out in the summer a few times, and I think they helped plant some seeds, which was beautiful, so they got to see their own planted seeds grow into beans and sunflowers and carrots, and yeah, they they loved it. Um, we do we do put a, an electric fence around it while we're gone, just, yeah, so the deer and the rabbits don't eat everything, um, but when... When, when we're there, especially when my niece and nephew were there, we, we took down the fence completely, just move it out of the way, and so they kind of could like frolic in and out of the garden onto these, like these adorable. So we had these wood cookies cut, maybe one or two inches, probably two inches thick. They were extras from my older brother's wedding to his wife, and I used them as stepping stones on those paths through the garden, and they just were like you know, things that my dad wouldn't think was necessary, but me as, as a designer and wanting it to have an aesthetic and also to have this like visual um, communication almost, like where to step, where to walk, like where's the path. And it was also super user-friendly for my kids, like for my kids, my niece and nephew, um, the kids. And um, the, just these little wood cookies were so inviting for them like they'd see it and they'd be like oh that's like where I step into the garden like that's the entry point and that's how I hop along to the middle to the stump and sit or stand on this stump and and around the I didn't tell you guys this but around the outside of that willow little fence where the gravel is inside we put bricks around the outside and the bricks were from the chimney of the old log cabin which is starting to fall apart so these bricks have like tumbled as the chimney tumbled they've tumbled down to the ground so we've integrated part of that old cabin into the garden and then there's one brick my dad has I think my grandma I think it was my grandma I'm not sure we I think we must have been out on like t to a family event or like a funeral or a wedding or a reunion and at one point we stopped by the school, or my grandparents did, the school where my grandma went when she was young and she collected this brick, this one brick. So if this one brick, my dad knew what it was, which one, it has a different shape. And I put it in the point, so the, the bricks all go around the circle, but then I have um, them pointing outward at the four directions. So the one that points north actually happens from the garden, happens to point straight to the heart of the cabin. It points to the fireplace. 
um, that was just like we used the existing garden space so that's just almost a fluke but you know not a fluke when you look back in time <laughs> so this brick that she collected from her old school points north from the garden to the heart of the cabin I mean really she she was like the heart of the cabin um, and then interesting from east to west that straight line across the garden actually points to the tallest spruce tree across the road and up the hill like the 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 trees are mostly deciduous not coniferous but this very tall spruce tree is like directly west uh, from the garden so there were some really cool things that ended up lining up that weren't even planned yeah so that's a lot it's a lot of story but um the deeper i've gone into astrology and the 12 houses and the 12 signs I'm curious to go back and revisit the garden and and interact with it in that way and understand it in that way as well um maybe even I'll mark maybe I'll even mark 12 segments just as ways to sort of read the garden which would be really interesting um yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's more. There's always more. But um, this was just an interesting way to explain, like, where do these creative sparks come from? And to give you a really thorough explanation of where these creative sparks or seeds came from. Where were they planted? I'm sure as time goes on, more and more will be revealed, as was today. Um, but maybe you can take this idea, this practice... And observe for yourself certain projects and I mean I can still go back and do the same observation and inquiry into the renovation of that hundred hundred year old home because the interesting thing about that project why it came to my mind was I did the consult with these clients their home was beautiful they told me what they wanted they told me what they thought of doing which didn't make sense to me but they're not designers <laughs> and then I went home and I had to, I think I had to leave in like 30 minutes, but also I did the consult, I did a measure, like I measured the space, so I, I think I had like 30 minutes, I went home, I drew the space to scale based off my measurements, and I came up with a design in 30 minutes, <laughs> and then, and then I had plans, so I was out, and then I came, when I got back to working on it, I, I thought, hmm, like let me, let's just explore other, let's explore other iterations other solutions like this was my first solution uh like it's worth you know exploring a few other ones or see if there's a better solution there never was it was my first solution that took me half an hour and like that's not just half an hour that's like years of experience years of training and who knows what else you know like past lives or or that creative genius that was with you know who was with me like did I have the genius of the home helping me inspiring me to improve it did I have the genius of my clients like did I tap into like what would really fulfill them is there something about that era that I am tapped into um yeah who knows who knows um but you can do this for any creative project and you know even what's coming to mind is like like photos images that you that you sort of curate and um, compose if you have a vision and then look at like maybe your f most preferred your favorite 
photo that you've taken with a beautiful composition or the perfect lighting or the perfect subject matter or the perfect combination of all of that and it pulls you in or it tells a story or it makes you curious um ask yourself like what are all the seeds that were planted through my life that brought me to creating this exact creation oh you could do it for anything you could do it for anything i could go on and on (laughs) anyways thank you so much for listening um explore your own creative spark explore what has seeded your creations in this life and maybe even beyond um And have such a great day, and I'll talk to you soon. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening today, everybody. If you're interested in knowing more about your astrology, your natal chart, where your north node is or anything else let me know i do readings um i also do akashic record readings if you want to inquire into past lives or different um parts of your soul your soul wisdom i can do that um i also do some introduction to astrology teachings if you're interested in that get in touch with me you can find me on instagram at kira underscore burgess Uh, or my website, kiraburgess.com. So feel free to reach out. I also would love to hear your feedback. So send me a DM. Or if you use the Anchor podcast app, you can actually send me a voice message. But you can send voice messages on Instagram too. So I'd love to hear from you. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Adios. (music) Adios.